Friends on line one. Oh, Robert. Hi, Joe. Hi. I'm calling in the spirit of public service and to alert your uh, listeners to a, a potential problem when, uh, if they don't get their notification for their driver's license tabs. I was waxing my car yesterday and noticed mine had expired. I never, I never got that reminder from the state to renew them, and that's, I'm not ducking my responsibility. I should have known it, but anyhow, I just got back from the driver's license uh, office. I got my tabs, and I asked her what happened, and she said that when they switched the system to Minlars, she said two things happen if you don't get if you don't get the, your reminder. A you're totally out of the system. You're gone as if you never breathed on the earth. And she said, more likely, they've they've switched your address. So your reminder could have went out, but it went to the wrong address. Mm-hmm. And she said, when this first started happening, and she says they get dozens of these a week. When this first started happening, they'd call to try and get it straightened out. And she was told, well, that's not the address we have on record. And she said, well, yet that's kind of the point and she was told by i don't know the head menlar or somebody there that they haven't got that part of the system implemented yet where they can go in and correct addresses so i guess i don't know but i just want to alert your listeners you know i drove several days with illegal tabs and don't wait for your reminder to get your tabs to come in the mail because it might not so I, i just wanted to point that out to uh take a look at your tabs and make sure you don't go illegal for a week like i did Thank you. It's a public service announcement. Thanks, Joe. Bye. Thank you. Paul? Joe, do I remember a couple of years ago on Garage Logic that uh, BMW motorcycles washed up on shore in uh, northern England. They were coming across the North Sea, and they uh, fell off the container ships. And uh, and somebody had found one or two. I, I don't remember exactly, but uh, do you remember that story? You know what? It's vaguely ringing yeah. a bell. It is ringing a bell. And, uh, yeah, and then there was a, a, a question of possession, you know, mm-hmm. whether the finder uh, was entitled to the to the bikes or not. So, And I don't remember the outcome of the story, but anyway. I have staff urgently those... looking it up right now. Okay. All right, thank All right. you. Did you find anything? I sure did. This is it was fr- BMWs, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, this is from the Guardian. Yeah, if you go down to the beach today, what you're year? Bound. Uh, what's the dateline on this? Two thousand seven, I believe. All right. Yep. Uh, Tuesday, January twenty third, two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, looters swoop amid battle to avert ecological disaster. BMW bikes among cargo lost from stricken ship. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, they just came, some couple came for a walk, and all of a sudden they see this stuff. Why? How could it wash up on shore? A BMW motorcycle. Well, I'm sure floating in a crate, floating in a container. Huh. Okay. Uh, scavengers were there. Among the goodies that had fallen off the back of the MSC Napoli were motorbikes. 15 disappeared yesterday. Steering wheels, carpets, Beauty, all sorts of different stuff. The salvagers carried and dragged and hauled away all they could. For, it's like the Met Stadium right. from the beach. And when they couldn't, they made sledges from wooden pallets. One gang brought their own tractor. So stuff was everywhere. It wasn't just, but there were 15 bikes. But it looks like um, 
whatever was washing up. Does the story make clear that whoever scavenged these things got to keep it? The law. Legally, whether it be a 12,000-pound BMW motorbike. Well, it's unlikely that any BMW motorcycle weighs 12,000 pounds. I think they meant $12,000, but it's, it's in pounds. Yeah. Uh, or an oh, armful, I thought you meant the weight of the bike. <laughs> or an armful cache of nappies. Uh, none of the booty washed ashore from the Napoli is fair game for beachcombers. The Maritime and Coast Guard Agency's receiver of wreck, Sophia Exelby, it's her job to settle the disputes, has warned anyone that takes goods from the beach without informing the authorities is in effect stealing and could face a fine of up to 2,500 pounds for each item, I, I would, I would. That doesn't surprise me. It, why should you get to keep a BMW motorcycle? Okay, and uh, it goes on. Just a couple sentences. Under a Merchant Shipping Act of 1995, legitimate salvers can end up legally owning what they find, but usually this only happens after a period of 12 months has elapsed and the owners have not come forward to claim their wrecked item. Right. So it looks like you have a year. All right. You recall the uh, settlement that 3M made with uh, the state, $850 million? Yes. Uh, and, and someone with uh, a higher pay grade than me is going to have to parse this because I don't understand it. I don't know why the state, in effect, pointed a gun at 3M uh, for uh, dumping uh, uh, material into the ground when it was perfectly legal to do so. Uh, and they, the state wanted five billion from 3M, right? And they reached a settlement of 850 million. Ostensibly, the money would go to places like Oakdale and Cottage Grove and whatever. To even though uh, no no uh, trouble of any significance whatsoever has been found in the groundwater, it turns out the deal, uh, as it was structured with the state takes the legislature out of it. The legislature will have no... Uh, With their hand, they already had their hand open, I'm sure. They did. They, The legislature uh, w- will not have a say in how the funds are used. And State Representative Jim Noblick of St. Cloud said new legislation may be needed to make sure the money goes to the people it needs to go to. Uh, it was an 11-page agreement between the state and 3M. Uh, it's called a grant from 3M. It, the money will not go to Minnesota's general fund, but will stay in a remediation fund managed by state agencies and overseen by Hennepin County District Court. Uh, here's the part that I, I found amazing. You ready? Private attorneys hired by Swanson's office will receive $125 million of the settlement. Wait, because I have a run that by me again. Private attorneys hired by Swanson's office will receive one hundred and twenty-five million dollars of the settlement. That's right. This is what I wanted to ask you. You'll probably get to it right now, though. Uh, why a private law firm was being paid to uh, what amounts to forty-eight thousand dollars a day uh, uh, since two thousand ten is a mystery to me. Barbara Naramore of the Pollution Control Agency said the law firm, but we don't have it named here. Boy, we, that should be named, huh? Which received 15% of the settlement would not have been paid if the money hadn't been awarded. Uh, State Representative Deborah Hillstrom, a Democrat from Brooklyn Center, said it was a big case with more than 27 million pages of documents involved and 100 court hearings. Minnesota also hired outside attorneys to handle the 1990s lawsuit against big tobacco companies. I have no answer for GLers. 
God knows how many attorneys are in Lori Swanson's office. Uh, 200. 200 attorneys. I learned that. What are they doing? Well, that's. I saw this on the news, and this is this was going to be my question to you. They have two hundred attorneys in the AG's office. What, uh, if what these, the hell for? Right, right. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? They're freebie. We're already under salary. Why wouldn't they do this? I don't know. That's why I bring this up. You're saving hundred and twenty-five million bucks. So hundred and twenty-five million of the eight hundred million went to a private attorney firm. Yeah, this is hard-fought litigation, man. According to the AG, well, I'm looking I, I for don't the get name. this whole story. I don't get why Lori Swanson, unless she was just selfishly trying to make a name for herself, why was a gun pointed at Minnesota's foremost corporate citizen for acts that were entirely legal at the time they took place? And then threatened them with destroying nature, which they did not do. Right. And then enriching a private law firm to the tune of $125 million. I don't doubt there was 11 million pages of documents. I don't doubt there was 100 uh, uh, court hearings. Right. I don't doubt that it was complicated. But think of the uh, think of the time that Swanson devoted to this. Did she just wake up one morning and said, "I'm going to go after 3M"? Yeah, I wonder how she. Well, got you could call her and ask her to come on the air. I doubt if she'd be very forthcoming about it. Governor Dayton congratulated her and said, "I'm also mindful that this settlement comes at the expense of a great Minnesota company, 3M, whose many positive contributions to our state and our citizens greatly exceed those un- these unfortunate circumstances." They weren't. Un- they weren't. They were legal circumstances. They haven't uh, disposed of any material since they were told not to, since the laws changed. They immediately obeyed the law. Right. And she gets to come in 20 years later and say, I think you, I think you trifled with nature and you're going to pay for it? I, I don't get the whole deal. I just don't get the whole thing. Well, um, I'm, trying to, I'm still trying to find the name of the uh, uh, attorney group, but they're not... That's not being served up. Well, it's the same deal. You know, Cerisi had a great deal with Humphrey. Yeah. yeah. I don't doubt Cerisi did the work. Of course he did the work. And I don't doubt this law firm did the work. Of course they did. Right. Well, what the hell do you got 200? Why am I paying 200 attorneys in the attorney general's office? What are they doing? That's outrageous. Making sure the lettering on a McDonald's sign is the correct length and height. What What are they doing? Uh, I I guess so. Okay, wait a minute now. State agencies at odds. The state uh, in Minnesota, the chemicals initially caused alarm because large doses of the perfluorochemicals. Right, we went through all this. The state health department couldn't find any problem with these chemicals. They undermined Swanson to her great dismay. Right, that didn't sit well. Probably helped bring about the settlement instead of the five billion. In a statement Tuesday, she said the department's report tried to blindside the lawsuit on the eve of the trial. Well, you should have been blindsided, lady. What the hell were you doing? Well, that's a lot of money. Yeah, if if you can demonstrate to me that 3M was knowingly sneaking out there at midnight every night and poisoning the water in Oakdale, yes, go after right. him. That wasn't the case. Mm. 
They they got rid of these byproducts when it was entirely legal to do so. Then our consciousness gets raised, and we have new EPA regulations. We tighten things up. We're not like China. We clean up our act. They did. They followed the letter of the law the whole set, step, every step of the way. And then, and then the attorney general of the state of Minnesota goes and she might as well have gone to the office of the CEO of 3AM with a shotgun and said, I want your money. I don't, I don't understand it. And then on top of that, uh, the private law firm, uh, which did the work instead of the state, they get 125 mil. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Gary? Yeah? You're on the air. Yeah, Joe. I was wondering, uh, after all these hundreds of millions of dollars paid out by 3M, did they have enough to go through a cleanup process for the alleged site? Like they did the creosote plant off of Lake Street? I'm not sure there'll be any cleanup. That's my point. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Doesn't anybody get curious about this? Presumably, Swanson would have, what, handpicked the law firm to handle this? I, you would think so. And even though they're going to work on a contingency, she said, hey, you want to sue this? You want to sue 3M on behalf of the state? Their eyes had to light up. Fifteen percent. They're they're that's a deep as deep pockets as you're going to find in Minnesota to go after 3M. That's nice for the firm. One hundred twenty-five million bucks. And again, I'm not doubting the firm didn't work their right. tails off. Right. Uh, that's not the point. Uh, yeah, I'd like I, to know how it was chosen. I, well, I wish some legislator had the fortitude to tell us the inside story of why this even took place. I, I don't I don't understand it. I'm all for going after a big corporation if they're uh, knowingly uh, befouling the, the water of, of Minnesota. But that that on everything I could read about this, that did not appear to be the case. To the point where the state's own Department of Health conducted all the tests they might have been required to conduct, at which all that did was anger Swanson. Hey, don't don't screw up my case here. Don't come back and tell me that there's nothing wrong with the water. I got a firm going on this here. We're going to get some dough. What this is just, I, I don't know what this is. Well, look at and how I'm the mayor. I'm supposed to right? know. But you you said it earlier. Look at how happy Skip Humphrey was when he had that big settlement. Eric. Hey, Joe. Hi. I'll tell you what it is. It's ruling by Twitter. It didn't feel right that they did it, so this is this is what we're going to do. We're going to sue them because it doesn't feel right to us. And get ready with the we don't know that, but I'm pretty sure it was Dixie Cup um, that had a fine from the EPA for more than a billion dollars because when the EPA asked people how long it should take one of their products to break down, they said 10 10 years or 15 years, and it took 20 years. Mm-hmm. So they just slapped a fine on them based on a public opinion poll. Yeah, I'm, I'm unaware so of the Dixie at, yep, case. Have, have one of the crack staff look it up. But, uh, you know, we're, we're ruling via Twitter, and that's a very dangerous thing to do. And mm-hmm. to you, I say good luck. Good luck. All right. Thank you.
Okay, I was just sent the name of the firm. I've got to I've got to find it here. Hang on a second. Greg? Yes. You're on the air. Oh my gosh. You know what? This is just a trip. <clears throat> I know the man who paints your pictures because I have original drawings from the late 70s, early 80s that my his mother gave my mother an MSP. Greg, I saw the, I see the drawing. I see his, it says right in the corner, Greg Holcomb. Okay. It's like, how many Greg Holcombs are here? Well, well you're referring to a Garage Logic's official artist. Yes, yeah. I am. All right. Yeah. I, I, gosh, it's, how's the best way I could meet this guy? Should I just come out to the fair? Sure. That would be the best way. All right. All right. I mean, that's amazing. Thank you. That's some good call screening. Well, I, had, I hadn't screened him out yet. Well, you I just had his name up. There. You probably shouldn't give us the name of the law firm until we verify who it was. I mean, not, again, well, this is from, again, the law firm didn't do anything wrong. No, but this is from BigLawBusiness.com. Yeah. Uh, it is Covington and Burling Limited Liability Partnership, LLP. Never heard of them. Uh, they came under fire March 5th for a $125 million fee it received to represent the state of Minnesota in its $5 billion lawsuit. Why did they come under fire? I'm sure their hourly rates were at the maximum. Uh, it must just be currently, because this is March, this is out today. Yeah. As of March with the Minnesota House and Ways Committee hearing, uh, State Rep Sarah Anderson questioned the big law firm's conting- contingency arrangement with the state reached in 2010. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious as to why we're paying a law firm $125 million for seven years of work. So am I. So that seems a little steep. That's $48,000 a day. Uh, Jim Knobloch, uh, Minnesota Ways and Means Committee, said additional legislation may be needed to ensure the money could be received and spent appropriately. Okay, so now they're talking You know about- what? The public class figures out ways to get rich that have nothing to do with us because they're on a separate rail. It's just amazing to me. Uh, okay, in, in December 22nd, 2010, an agreement between Minnesota and Covington said the state was not liable to pay Covington compensation other than amounts received from 3M. If the final recovery turned out to be less than sufficient in to fully reimburse Covington for its costs and expenses, Minnesota would not be responsible, okay? Yeah. Um, but we don't know why they were chosen. Covington has represented the state in environmental matters for more than 20 years. Well, maybe well, now that's we know why. why. Sure. Hey, well, well, give us another $125 million. Garage Logic will be back shortly, right. but now thanks to our great friends in Owatonna, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business. It's Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal in Your Money Now. Well, wouldn't you think the obvious answer is seven years ago they agreed to take a percentage yes, of what was, what was taken? So, yeah. I mean, you yeah. can't fault them for that i no, mean but we're you know the state attorney general's office has 200 lawyers what are they doing what do you have to fire, uh, no, hire an outside law firm true. for well they got to push some papers around yeah. i guess uh a weird day in the stock market uh not as volatile as we've seen no big swings but stocks have been moving between gains and losses if we catch the close at the right time today we could see some gains right now the dow jones industrial average is up 11 points the nasdaq composite ahead 34 and the s&p 500 is down 
down five, but we have had some gain, uh, some declines throughout the day. So we'll see. General Mo- uh, General Motors, yeah, General Mills announced a deal to create South Dakota's largest organic crop farm as the food company works to secure enough organic ingredients to meet growing consumer demand. Gunsmoke Farms will convert 34,000 acres to organic by 2020, giving it enough space for all of the organic wheat needed to make Annie's macaroni and cheese line for General Mills. The company is working with Wisconsin-based Midwestern BioAg to develop the crop rotation and soil building program needed for such a large farm to go organic. And after 45 years of making quarter pounders from frozen beef patties, McDonald's is turning to fresh beef for one of its signature burgers. The restaurant chain said by May, quarter pounders at U.S. restaurants will be made from fresh meat. The move to please customers who want less processed food will make supplying about 14,000 restaurants more complicated for for McDonald's at a time when it is also trying to position itself as the go-to chain for cheap breakfasts. I'm Bruce Vale with your money now on 1500 ESPN. Thank you, B. We'll talk to you in about uh, one hour with a uh, fresh report. And that General Motors or General Mills? Uh, yeah, six of one, half dozen of another. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. It's cloudy and 33 degrees. Wild in action tonight. They'll play the Carolina Hurricanes at the Excel uh, Energy Center. By the way, I should tell you this is brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit your Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, uh, Woodbury, and downtown Duluth. Twins in action this afternoon. Uh, we had a big rally. Uh, the Twins were down. They are now tied in the seventh at 7-7. Seven to seven. They scored five. In the fifth inning, Joe Maurer has two hits and three RBIs, and Jorge Polanco, a home run for the Twins. The uh, pitching staff uh, not doing well today. We'll just ignore them for now. I just mm. lost my... Sc- is the director of social media here? Yes, sir. Uh, indeed. Uh, no, I got my screen back. Never mind. Okay. That was just a test. Yep. Mm-hmm. One other uh, baseball note. The Arizona Diamondbacks are bringing back an old baseball tradition this season. Uh, the Diamondbacks revealed today they will be using a golf cart. The out- bullpen cart! Yeah. Nice! With, with a giant baseball cap to bring in relief pitchers from the bullpen. The Cleveland Indians were the first to ever do that back in 1950. The Milwaukee Brewers the last to do it in 1995. The Diamondbacks, of course, have sold a sponsorship to a courier service called On Track that will have its logo on the bullpen car. The team is also hopeful of bringing back the car, that it'll help baseball with its pace of play problems. Didn't know they had golf carts in 1950. I didn't know we, Milwaukee used one car. I wonder if they were using just a normal car at that point. Didn't the Twins an use a, a Monte Carlo? I have no idea. If I remember correctly. Why not just walk in? It's not that far. Oh, well, you got a sponsorship. you got to find ways not to. Not that far. You know? 300 think, feet. Let's go here. You'd think like Maurer Chev would be all over it. Yeah. MLB rules state that the bullpen cart must be offered equally to both the home and visiting pitchers and must allow pitchers to use it uh, who use it not any additional time to warm up. Diamondbacks said they won't force the pitchers to use it. If the pitchers want to walk in or run in like you said, Joe, uh, they'll be... Gotta uh, keep you loose, brah. Mm-hmm. Uh, forgive me that. if you gave the description, Johnny. We'll have like the batting helmet on top or batting helmet, like a yes. giant snake, you yeah. know, a diamondback. Giant baseball cap. Cool. Is uh, the way they're describing it in their press release. Barry's ribs. You know, just a... Not Golf. berries. Oh. News notes from today. Seen berries ribs? Those would be yeah. huge. One large car. News notes. Oh, scared me. News notes from today. Target is raising its minimum starting pay for workers for the second time in less than a year after seeing what they're calling a bigger and better pool of candidates. 
Target, a height starting pay to 11 bucks an hour last fall, said all workers this spring will get a minimum of $12 an hour. CEO Brian Cornell said today that Target will offer workers 15 bucks an hour by the year 2020. He says Target Corp recorded a significant spike in applicants when it boosted pay and what he calls a better quality of worker, too. Alina Health has notified dozens of patients at a St. Paul dermatology clinic that they might want to be tested for HIV or hepatitis because a nurse practitioner had been reusing syringes. Alina spokesman David... Not the needle, though. Not the needle. No, mm-hmm. just the syringe. Alina, what would the danger be? I don't, uh, I don't get the problem. I don't think... I mean, I'm not suggesting I want to use syringe, but what's the problem? Well, the syringe, the syringe is just a plastic uh, plunger thing. Sure, but it could be contaminated, oh, okay. and that could get into yeah. right. the needle part of it. Right. So next time you go to the dock, you can say, you know what, go ahead and reuse. No, no, Use that syringe mind. they used on that last guy. Never mind. With well, the <laughs> boiling pus out of I mean, it. Gross. I, was she cost conscious or just a moron? We I don't would, know. I would, would guess that they she's don't a moron. Know. They don't know. A line of spokesman David Canahan says the risk of infection extremely low, less than 1%. Alina notified 161 patients about the infection risk. The healthcare provider says the syringes, but not the needles, were reused by the nurse practitioner from October to February. Alina says they don't know why the employee who's been fired did not follow protocol. Britain warned Russia today of a robust response if the Kremlin is behind a mysterious illness that struck down a former double agent convicted of betraying dozens of spies to British intelligence. Foreign Secretary Boris Johnson named Sergei Skripal, once a colonel in Russia's GRU Military Intelligence Service, and his daughter Yulia as the two people who were found unconscious on Sunday on a bench outside a shopping center in southern England. The 66-year-old Skripal and his 33-year-old daughter were exposed to what police said was an unknown substance in the city of Salisbury. Both are still critically ill in intensive care, according to police. Johnson told the British Parliament, We don't know exactly what has taken place, but if it's as bad as it looks, it's another crime in the litany of crimes that we can lay at Russia's door. Two people have been arrested after appearing at the Texas church where more than two dozen worshippers were gunned down and claiming the attack was staged. Mm. The pastor of First Baptist Church in Sutherland Springs told the San Antonio Express News the pair appeared yesterday and claimed the shooting was fabricated by the U.S. government. Past- no, it wasn't. Pastor, <laughs> pastor Frank Pomeroy, whose 14-year-old daughter died in the November 5th shooting, say they claimed his daughter never existed and demanded to see her birth certificate. The Wilson County Sheriff's Office declined to confirm the encounter or identify the people arrested. Authorities say the church attacker, 26-year-old Devin Patrick Kelly, died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound after being shot and chased by two residents when he was leaving the church. Follow-up to a story we had a couple months ago, the search for that last American slave ship continues. That wreck found on Alabama's Gulf Coast in late January was believed to be that of the Clotilda, the last known ship to bring enslaved Africans to the United States. But the Alabama Historical Commission said yesterday it wasn't that ship after all. Hmm. Using information from archival records, expert volunteers involved in the search knew that the ship they were looking for was 86 feet long. So they had a hard time finding it. Was built of oak and wood and had been burned at the end of its voyage in 1860. Hmm. This wreck was at least 158 feet long, so almost twice as long. They also didn't find any evidence of oak, which is what the Clotilda was built from. <laughs> if that wasn't enough, didn't we have the same reaction the last time from, from you juveniles? I, I'm I afraid so. we did, John. Okay. And if that weren't enough to prove it wasn't the ship, the team found this wreck had not been burned as the Clotilda had.
hard to find. It's, you know. It's hidden. European Space Agency now says. <laughs> there we go. Okay, a little slow across the, uh, the glass there. Okay, got it, got it. European Space Agency now says it estimates that that Chinese spacecraft we're all worried about. Yeah, I'm fall, not worried about it. Will fall back into Earth's atmosphere sometime between March 29th and April 9th. Yep. It says, however, this is highly variable. So basically they're saying they don't know a damn thing. It'd be my luck that I've never seen anything in space. It'd be my luck if this thing lands on me. <laughs> <laughs> the ESA said in a Tuesday update on the reentry, reentry will take place anywhere between 43 degrees north and 43 degrees south. That would be the Spain, France, Portugal, uh, Portugal Greece area. Right in that area. Yeah, so it won't be around here. Hmm. Areas outside of those latitudes, they say, can be excluded. The ESA said a precise location and time for reentry will never be possible to predict. China reportedly lost control of the unmanned space lab Tiangong nearly two years ago in June 2016. The Chinese government later released an estimate that predicted it would come down at some point in late 2017. The vague guess has led experts to conclude the country's space agency had lost all ability to direct the crashing station's course or have any idea where it land. Uh, while much of the spacecraft likely would burn up in the atmosphere, the yeah. ESA experts say portions could survive and reach Earth's surface. And they do say now they know for sure it'll come down in that area. Well, we 75% of the Earth mm. is water. Mm -hmm. so, and uh, the rest uh, is covered by... Uh, Fred Smooth. Yeah. Is Dave Dahl ready? Yes. And now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Souchere. Here's Dave Dahl. Hey, Joe, we're still at 33 degrees, stuck there for the last couple of hours. We could eke out a 34 this afternoon. Skies will gradually clear later on tonight. We're already starting to see a lot of clearing across northern Minnesota here in the Twin Cities overnight tonight. That'll mean a cool overnight low down to 12 above. Northwest winds diminish to 5 to 10. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, still cool. A high of only 28 degrees, so staying below the thawing point. The average high for this time of the year is now up to 37. Partly cloudy skies tomorrow night, low down to 13. Then sunshine Thursday and 30. 34 on Friday with sunny skies, and then clouds roll in for Saturday. Some light snow develops late in the day on Saturday or Saturday night. That continues into Sunday. At this point, it doesn't look like a big deal, but it is the state high school hockey tournament uh, for the boys, and that could mean problems. 37 for the high on Saturday, 34 on Sunday. Again, not looking like a big deal, but it could hamper travel in a little way uh, with some light snow. And then partly cloudy skies turning mild next week. High of 37 on Monday, up to 40 by Tuesday of next week. Again, Joe going for a high of 34. Right now we're at 33 and I have the records for the day. March 6. 69. 69. In 2000. In 2000. 16 below zero. 16 below. In 1890. In 1890. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Ooh. All right. I, every once in a while I would have asked Reavers this. Uh, is Reavers here in the room? Yes, sir. Uh, yes. You weren't here. I, I, was, uh, I asked for contributions from you guys today. Uh, every once in a while I do that. Uh, just to lighten my load a little bit, mm -hmm. you know what kind of stories we love to discuss in the mayor's office. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and been so, with GL for uh, quite a long time. Right, and, and so we had our annual or our daily chat at noon, and I suggested uh, come up with something, uh, and you assured me that you have. Yeah, and I'm ready to have you uh, share it with us. Well, <clears throat> I mean, over the years, the kind of news items that we. <clears throat> 
Yes. Discuss. Yes. <laughs> this is, and this, I'm very proud of myself. I don't well, want to often. You don't have to start that uh, back padding yet. We no. don't even know what you've done. Okay. Let me, let me. Let me read the uh, the article that I found. Okay, but this this wasn't an exercise uh, intended for you to feel proud of yourself. This was an exercise for you to yeah, you know to contribute to the daily material that we uh, right. But I I think I not only will contribute. This might go down as one of the greatest items ever presented in Garage Logic. Really? This was a you know what this is. Hmm. This is a flea market find. Really? This is this is maybe not Picasso. This is just beneath whoever's whoever's like a makeshift Picasso. That this is finding an original because this this so fits Garage Logic. So not a Ray Ban, but Bay Rans. It's a Bay Ran. Yeah, you know, it's a Bay Ran. It's uh, a <laughs> it's uh, uh, half the quality at a fraction of the price. Mm -hmm. And. I'm okay. I'm just going to outright read the title of the article that I've that I've got. And, here. and again, again, the assignment was to produce the kinds of things that that I come up with. Yes, yeah, so you yeah. like to test me every once in a while. And just yeah. say I'm going to test you to see how you're contributing right. if you're paying attention to Garage Logic. Right. And there's a this macaroni and cheese helps fight climate change. That is the. Uh, it's made using ingredients farmed with a technique called regenerative agriculture that can help sequester carbon. Where do you? How much do you want to give me? Where? What kind of bonus am I getting here? Macaroni and cheese fights climate change. Bam! You've been buried. What? Uh, yeah. How, how does? Uh, what is grown on a farm to... Uh... Hey, 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 hey. Don't expect that I read the article. This is just... This is, this is me bringing the manna from heaven and, and giving it to you so that you may well, how, mix how, up the ingredients. How would it possibly affect climate change considering that the climate has always changed? On a Montana farm... They're, they got all sorts of things. This I did read it. It's uh, very earth-friendly practices. Yep. And, uh, okay, let me just tell you. Uh, really, really, uh, you got this nailed down, don't you? Uh, this is a first in the industry. That it's offering a product of wide distribution. It's available from a major manufacturer. What General is? Mills is involved with this. Macaroni and cheese? Yeah. It's a, it's a, a macaroni and cheese, like an elbow pasta and cheddar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's made by Annie's, which is homegrown. Mm -hmm. But it's they're they're saying I'm not endorsing this. I'm just saying this would be a topic that you would go. We're going to get up to our elbow macaroni in. I'm not elbow. sure that I would have I... elbow pasta, elbow macaroni. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that would catch your eye. I know it's food based, and you're saying. Everything you do is food based, but it's it, it's uncanny. It's amazing to me. Climate change. That even in a climate change story, you manage to find one that involves food. No, well, what they're saying is, if we sell enough of this, Annie's, uh, what is it? Annie's homegrown. It's a product. Okay, it's bought out by General Mills. Yeah, but they're selling a mac and cheese. It's a limited edition product. And if I buy this, I'm helping the earth. Well, yeah, because what they're what they're claiming, and again, I'm not trying to say it's going to change. Okay, I got a question for they're you. They're saying the way they, what? Elbow macaroni, elbow noodles? Yeah. Well, what are noodles made of? 
flour. What is that? So it's it's wheat. Uh, what what's the point of this? What how could this possibly affect anything? Macaroni and cheese. Cheese well, comes from uh, dairy. Let me find it again here. Um, Run that by me. Yeah, here we go. Uh, General Mills is helping farmers convert thousands of acres from conventional farmland to organic ah. to incorporate regenerative practice like crop rotations and overcropping. Mm -hmm. So the wheat that's used in Annie's pasta products is that type of wheat. So it's a what they claim, and again, don't say I'm you know claiming this. General Mills has uh, made an ambitious commitment to cut greenhouse gases by 28% from 2015 to 2025. So this is one of their first steps. Uh they've in the UK they've lost a great living uh Englishman, Trevor Bayliss. Uh he invented the wind-up radio. You know, you crank it. Oh yeah. And he also invented shoes that generate electricity. You mean like uh shocks? Remember the shock man? Uh Static he was man? a failed superhero. Static man. Static man. That's right. Yeah. He uh, he made a wind-up radio, and he uh, uh, what about the shoes uh, for his for his radio? He got the Order of the British Empire and the whole deal, and then he uh, he had a lot of fun inventing gizmos, mm. and he uh, he made a lot of strange gizmos, notably several prototypes of shoes that generate electricity when the user walks. Okay, and where do you? Where do you store this electricity? You know, I don't think he's that much up on me. I, I came up with shoes that dispense their own salt in the winter. Remember that? Yes. I thought it was a million-dollar idea. It was poo-pooed instantly. Well, yeah, it's going to But this guy comes your... up with shoes that generate electricity. How, how did the electricity get used, I wonder? Uh, right, because you have to store the electricity. It's kind of like your deal. That's the reason yours failed. You know, you had salt in the soles of your shoes, and that would eat away at your... Shoes for disabled people. He made a one-handed bottle opener and a foot-operated scissors. He he would just modify everyday things, and uh, he'd he'd uh, help people that uh, needed help there. I got gotcha. you. I think that's. He created several items that could be used with one hand: graters, sieves, sketching easels, binoculars, smoking aids. Uh. He didn't think inventing was difficult. All it requires, he said, is looking at the world from another perspective. Did he wear two watches like... Um, the hell was that guy's oh, name? He oh. was a mathematician. Otto Schmidt. Otto Schmidt. Yep. Wow. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Appreciate you. That macaroni and cheese thing, though. That, that was... No, that was that climate was change. That wasn't... That wasn't really right, let's fight it. Yeah. I'm taking that as a yay. This guy has seen more urban wildlife than a DNR field agent with a PhD, Joe Suchere. You know Twins win? Still playing right now. Patrick just checked in. I can uh, hear the game going on in the background, so they're still they're still alive. Wild hosting Carolina. Timberwolves don't play again until Thursday. Hockey tourney starts tomorrow. Hockey tournament starts Class tomorrow. Class A. Class A. Double A's Thursday, is that correct? Correct. I got teams all over the map on that thing. Mm -hmm. I got the Zephyrs in there. I got the Pioneers. Yep. I, got I still wish it was one class, but I'm I'm just an old antique when it comes to that. I know. 1,500 
ESPN. The show is already done. Is how, how is this done already? KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's 33 degrees. Yep. There's not a great warming site in place. 